0: Hello and welcome to PointCast, where we talk to active voters about issues that they care about. I am your host, Francine Dash. Today we're talking to Frank Jamison. Frank, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, well, thank you, thank you. Good to be here.
0: Before we get started, could you tell us a little bit more about you?
1: Uh, just a basic Indianapolis resident, born and raised here. Grew up on the northwest side of town, uh, the 28th Riverside area. Uh, graduated from Cardinal High School, '91. Uh, did ITT, IUPUI, got an associate's. Uh, just been living a normal Indianapolis life.
0: Normal Indianapolis life, so yeah. you've been a hometown boy this whole time.
1: Pretty much, I mean, I've gotten out and traveled a little bit, but yeah, always coming home.
0: Always coming home, now. that's good, that's really good. Now, before we came on the air, you shared briefly about issues that concern you. Um, what are the issues that concern you when you go to the polls to vote lately?
1: Um, I generally go to vote just because I want to see, um, America be a fair, just and compassionate country. So, um, as I kind of told you earlier, I kind of say I'm more of a liberal leaning independent voter. I mean, I do tend to vote democratic mostly, but I've, I mean, I've voted both ways in, in several elections. So it's really about what I feel is best for the country as a whole, not about party.
0: Okay, okay. Now, so let's start with the political environment. Um, Part of our discussion prior to coming on the air was you sharing how contentious the political environment (laughs) appears to be right now. Yes. How is this issue connected to your life?
1: Um, uh, Because as we kind of discussed, I mean, for me, it kind of came up um, during the last election. And like I said, it was something that I observed mostly over Um, Facebook and some of the friends that I had and discovering you know their political leanings and and how I'm gonna say far I don't wanna say far but you know how severe they were in their leanings and didn't seem to be any conversation going on it seemed to be more of my party is right your party is wrong and you know um, when I read stories like on Yahoo and things like that I'm a comment reader and just seeing how contentious everything is it's not about having a true political conversation anymore. It's about your side is stupid, your side is trying to destroy the country, my side has all the answers. And that just kind of struck me as that's not what we are as a country.
0: Have you had to deal with this personally?
1: Um, mostly just through, my, like I said, my Facebook friends. And um, fortunately, because we were, most of them were like high school friends and things like that, people that I knew before we really developed our political leanings, oh, okay. uh, we've been able to have conversations um, but the conversations really haven't gone anywhere because it's still, like for me, I'll just try and say, hey, what's what's for the best of the country? Uh, you know, how why do you hold this such, such beliefs for one side of the party when both parties have made mistakes? Both parties have done good for the country. Why can't we look at what's good for America versus the Republican Party says it's supposed to be this way? This party, the Democrat says it's this way. Why don't we look at what we can do as Americans? Because when you look at all the issues, you know, both sides won't, proper immigration if you want to take one of those. Both sides want good health care, both sides want fair and just pay. It's just that we're, it seems to me that everybody's gotten so entrenched in their party that they've missed that. Now they're just screaming what their party screams when in the end we all want the same things as a country.
0: Right, right. And what I'm really curious about as you mentioned people you had gone to high school with, people you knew. What is it specifically do you think about the last election that you know has caused this rift in the conversation between people that you know you alluded to having civil mm-hmm. discourse with mm-hmm. prior.
1: Um, I think the main thing is is that this is something that's been kind of stirring uh, I'm going to say ever since politics were created because we've always been taught not to discuss politics. Politics has always seemed to being uh, a contentious issue because everybody's been so entrenched. I think one of the things with this last election that kind of did it and I kind of hate to say this, but I think the Obama factor. Mm -hmm. I think having a president that was so different than what we as a country have been used to, I don't want to say scared people, but it it made people aware that our country is changing and it's not the country that that they were led to believe or have been, been taught is our country. Our country is now diverse and I think that diversity and that changing of the demographics I don't want to say scare people, but it makes them nervous because they're not used to it.
0: When you say they and the Obama factor, <clears throat> first of all, let's back up. What is the Obama factor, as you understand it?
1: I, I'm just gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say it. When we, we had a black president, mm-hmm. the first black president in this country's 200 plus year history. You know, what I'm saying somebody totally different than what we had ever seen. And, and not even so much just that he was black as well, but I think it was just how well-spoken he was and things like that that I think it made people that, and I don't wanna, I hate to say that people were racist, that all people were racist. I don't think that was the case. I think it was just they were so used to us having a Caucasian president that having a African-American president that saw the world differently than them um, affected them.
0: Really, so is this a fear response then?
1: I don't want to say fear, and I hate to say fear, but but in all honesty, I, from what I have perceived and seen, I want to say yes. It's because I mean, when you look at when you look at most city outlays, I mean, they they are homogenous. It's like, hey, this is where black people all live. This is generally where all the white people all live. Especially when you get out into the rural areas, it's rare that you see any diversity. And I think growing up like that has um, made people used to a certain. Demographic and being around their own, and I I hate to say tribesmen, but you know, in their own tribe. And then when you throw in a few new tribe members that are not like the rest of them, it changes the tribe. And I think this is the change that has people nervous and anxious. I don't want to say scared.
0: Mm -hmm. This reminds me of the uh, response that we had after the end of the Civil War with the Reconstruction Mm -hmm. era, where we saw. Uh, the integration of, the first integration of the power structure. You saw mm-hmm. more visibly black teachers, you saw black judges, you saw black people uh, in ways that they weren't seen before. They mm-hmm. went; Some people went from the field uh, to the State House mm-hmm. and uh, that threw uh, a lot of people off as far as understanding who was really supposed to be in charge and leading Mm -hmm. this country, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting that you see the Obama effect, or you call it that, Mm -hmm. coming around again, um, and that you feel this divide, for lack of a better word, between Mm -hmm. people you've known for a long time Mm -hmm. and and in your ability to connect with them Mm -hmm. through conversation. It's really interesting, so one election Mm (laughs) post-Obama, (laughs) has caused you to not be able to talk to friends the way you want to talk to them about things that matter to all of you?
1: Well, in all honesty, for me, it it hasn't changed. uh, And that's kind of one of the things I've actually, because we've had friendships, like I said before, we kind of gained our political leanings. We have been able to have the conversations the part about it where I struggle and where I see the um, issue is, is that we are now so entrenched in those beliefs that uh-huh. even if, to even have common sense, I don't think, we, I don't, I, I'm, I'm nervous that our country couldn't take a moderate candidate that comes into the middle and says, hey, we can have good, you know, illegal immigration, just one of the hot hot topics right now, uh-huh. you know, but. We don't need to, it doesn't have to be totally built or based around a wall. We also need to make sure that we're enforcing some of the laws that we have in place here. We also need to make sure that we're penalizing the companies that are hiring these illegal immigrants. And we need to make, look at the system as a whole. Mm -hmm. I don't think our country could take that right now because everybody seems to be, to me, so one, one or the other.
0: What is it about this particular issue that concerns you the most?
1: Um... For me, in honesty, I don't have a lot of concern about it. It just that has just been the latest hot topic issue that you hear most people talking about. And I think it's one of the most polarizing right now, particularly with the talk of the wall and Mexico paying for it. Well, I
0: mean, really, with the contentious political environment, what what is it about that that most concerns you?
1: it concerns me because I feel like we are losing our way as a country because we're so entrenched in our in our political ideologies that we are missing. You know, I, I feel like we've become so much left right, Democrat Republican that we've forgotten that we are Americans and that, in all honesty, as I, you know, as I kind of spoke to earlier, we all want a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm just because of how we were raised in our personal experiences and what we were taught, right. we see the solution, the path to the solution a little differently. And mm-hmm. instead of working to the same solution, walking down the same path, you know, merging those paths even possibly, it's uh, it almost seems like we're either gonna go my path or we're not.
0: How do you think lawmakers and elected officials can best dress address, rather, this contentious environment as you see it? What do you think they can do?
1: Uh, I think they need to go back to listening to the people. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like our, our politics has gotten so far away from the people. I, I mean, I feel like our politics is tied up in the money. It's who gives our politicians the most money, the campaign money to re- retain their office, that they hear more than they hear the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and healthcare, care, another one of our bigger issues. I feel like, you know, even in my conversations with people that don't share my uh, political beliefs, we all want. not health care that actually takes care of us Mm -hmm. but like I said you know there are people that um you know you look at Obamacare and they're like I totally hate Obamacare and it's funny that uh, and and it's funny because it reminds me of an article that I read where they were in somewhere in Kentucky and a lady far right I mean straight up conservative was like oh I'm so grateful for the ACA it saved me from cancer but I totally hate it because Obama's behind it
0: Oh, wow,
1: you know it's just things like that It's just like yeah, you know what I'm saying it helped you, but just because it was somebody out of your party that enacted it, you are totally against it.
0: Mm, that's wow. the part that
1: that's the part that scares me
0: Wow, wow how does this concern connect with one of the things that you brought up in our conversations figuring out how to be Americans again?
1: Well, for me what it did like you said, it opened my eyes to how far how far we've gone and, and, and how entrenched we've become in, in our parties. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's actually kind of help had me kind of look at trying to find ways to begin to have these conversations between people with different po- uh, politics to say, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a Democrat. Yeah, I'm a Republican. But in the end, you know, we both really want the same things. How do we come together as a country, as, as separate parties, to build what is good for the country and not just right, make it about right. winning?
0: Political. But how do you address the very thing that you brought up, the conversation with the woman in Kentucky who really, really liked Obamacare but mm-hmm. really, really hated that Obama was the one who helped con- to construct it? It's that seems how are lawmakers, politicians, elected officials, how would they address that in your mind or in your imagination? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm going I'm to say two ways on the on the politician side. Um, I think they just need to work together. We need mm-hmm. to start finding ways to you know solve these issues as a country bipartisanly instead of making it so much. Hey, my party has the only way to this. My party has the only solution to this issue. Versus my party has this totally different solution, but it is the solution. Versus, hey, we as a country, we as politicians, recognize that this is an issue to America, so we're going to work together. Mm-hmm. Versus, I don't want to work for you because I don't want to give you the victory and you know your party take control of the house or something like right, that. Right. right. Um,
0: well, since you brought up health care, how do you feel about that? What are your thoughts on health care?
1: I, I think our our <laughs> uh, that, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but um, as far as the current state of healthcare care and how we, we look at you know, how we do that, I, th- I think it should – should I think it could definitely be better. I think we need to look at um, making it more inclusive um, and getting away from making it so, um, I'm going to say, economic-based. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We know that the more money you have, the better health care you get, and I think we need to get away from that.
0: But how do you get away from – I mean, it's like totally changing the entire – Market, you know, we're right mm-hmm. next door to Canada, and they have mm-hmm. their version of healthcare that we preach against. Mm-hmm. And then there's the UK's version, mm-hmm. but these are strong trading partners as well. Mm-hmm. They have strong economies, and they're doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. So why can't we have a strong economy and incorporate some of the best parts of what we see around the world as far as healthcare solutions? Why do you think we haven't done that?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing is is fear. And, of course, those countries that you talk about, we, they both mas- mostly associate with socialized medicine, and socialism seems to be such a um, bad word nowadays. And even to get away from the word, I mean, just to look at what is really best for Americans. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's just we can do better. And I think part of it is we don't want to take the pain of changing systems, mm-hmm. particularly when they're tied to capitalism. Of course, the people that are making money off of our current system don't want it to change. They don't want to take a chance on losing their money or, or you know, making less money or losing their entire business model. Mm-hmm. So until we get together as a country, and that's politicians, that's corporations, and that's us as a people on... You know, sometimes there may need to be some pain to change from where we are to where we need to be, but in the end, if we come out better, it's always worth it.
0: It's always worth it, okay? It's a good place to be, good place to talk. Um, so let's talk more generally about race and politics. Okay. Okay, uh, we were talking a little bit about, um, and, and you brought that up in one of the examples you shared about the woman in Kentucky and the health insurance, how race has penetrated politics or maybe has always been a part of politics mm-hmm. and is starting to show itself to be such a vice to us progressing as a country mm-hmm. that, you know, we really only have a couple of opportunities or a couple of ways that we, we, we can either address it mm-hmm. or we can allow it to explode on itself and, and we not know or guess or whatever happens, happens. Right. Um, what is when you say race in politics and you raise that very generally what what does that mean for you?
1: Um, for me uh, I think it all again kind of goes back to what I was saying about kind of like our tribalism I mean we're particularly in in, in certain areas you're so used to being around people that think like you look like you act like you that we, get uncomfortable when we're in places where people don't act like us, don't speak like us, don't share the same beliefs. So how
0: do we change that comfort level? Because we have a, a we started, we came here as a very stark, was well, racist effort, mm-hmm. right? You put mm-hmm. people under your feet to mm-hmm. conquer them, to mm-hmm. take what they have and to enrich yourself. You bring other people over here to mm-hmm. work to further Enrich you, mm-hmm. right? you uh, you also trick trick people into this indentured servitude, which seventy percent of the people did not even physically survive. Right, right, and um and they come over thinking they're working toward they're earning their freedom clothes and mm-hmm. going to be like the people who, uh, basically own them someday, mm-hmm. and then they get stuck in generational poverty. Mm-hmm right alongside some of the people who were enslaved. Mm-hmm. And so you have a lot of angst and anger mm-hmm. there. Uh, th- there's a lot of how do you, how, where do you start with that?
1: I'm going to say, first of all, it starts, it, it starts with awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, first of all, people have to be aware of the true history and how bloody and racist the history of this country is. But really do we have is. to
0: be? Can we just start with, from a clean slate? Can we just say tomorrow we're not going to do this anymore? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I kind of don't think you can because you have to realize the history. You have to realize what really happened in order to move forward. You Mm -hmm. have to know where we've been in order to know where we're going. Mm -hmm. And I think in some aspects, especially because we're in in this day and age, we're so far removed from uh, the times that you kind of spoke of back there that people have kind of forgotten. And you get this. Well, it wasn't me. It was my ancestors. And and really in the end. They still benefit from that system, and there are people that are still being held back by that system. So it it all starts with, like I said, with awareness that there is a racist system. Racism itself implies that there's a system built against people that they see as different than them. And then once you have acknowledged that and are aware of that, again, it, it kind of steps into being uncomfortable. You have to be able to have right. the conversation mm-hmm. and be uncomfortable with the conversation.
0: Now, do you think that's a symptom of our human condition or do you think it's really constructed into our political system?
1: A little bit of both. I mean, I think the the overall racist system is constructed because, I mean, we were built and founded on Caucasian principles and, and, and their, their ideals. And at this point, you know what I'm saying, like I said, they, had, they literally have pretty much all the power, so it's hard to give that all up mm-hmm. and to share that. And then we, we've seen examples of that through our history of where, you know, when, when people of color, people outside of the normal structure, the normal system, got a little power, got a little freedom, well, they, they did the best they could to staunch that and to eliminate that.
0: Do you uh, believe that it's possible to vote someone in office who can address the issues that you brought up today in a way that would satisfy you as a voter?
1: Right now, no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't think we have the voices. I don't think we as a country are really ready for that conversation yet. I really? think we're starting to get whispers of that conversation.
0: What would get us ready? Oh, well, Because when I say this, we have shootings at religious organizations. We have bombings of of other black churches. Uh, mm-hmm. There was just a shooting at another synagogue. Mm-hmm. You have people who are suffering and, and are crying out and crying foul. We mm-hmm. had the whole Charlottesville situation mm-hmm. with a young woman whose life was taken there and all of the people who were injured. Mm-hmm. So, so what more has to happen? Of course, we also have this gang, 1488 in Alaska, that's right. Uh, going about um, uh, killing people, how they're doing this in in prison, I don't even know. But they're uh, they're killing people, even mm. people who don't appear to be white, mm. who claim to be white. So, what more has to happen?
1: Somehow, some way, we have to see each other as humans, not just as black or white. We have to see each other as people. We have to see each other as living beings that are trying to we all want to live our lives in comfort we all want to live our lives in peace and and freedom and I think right now we we don't see each other as people we see each other as race we see each people as finances we see each other as political party and I think we've lost that looking at each other as humans Mm -hmm. and until Mm -hmm. we get back to that well it's gonna be hard to have that conversation. I think
0: there are some from various religious communities that say that religion can help in that discussion. Do you see religion as a help mm-hmm. or a hindrance?
1: Hmm. Uh, I'm <laughs> There's
0: a lot with, of I'm, him and ha- yeah, I'm struggling with that <laughs> with that Haid, answer because
1: because of my personal beliefs about religion. So I'm, I'm gonna put it like this: we need to get back to being um, to recognize our spirituality as a people. Mm-hmm. I think religion is honestly one of one of the more divisive um, issues out there. I think it's one of the things that keeps us divided as a people um, along with politics, race and finances and things like that because again it puts us all into our own separate tribe. I I think again I'm going to go back to my previous statement. I think if we begin to look at each other as humans um, if we get away from religion and back to true spirituality and what spirituality means. I think that I think I see I see possibilities. You see possibilities. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, you know, um a lot of folks on the far right mm-hmm. um have lifted up their religion as to why they have some of the convictions <laughs> that they have. <laughs> And uh, you you even have some progressives who Mm -hmm. say that their religion gives them peace on the other side Mm -hmm. and and allows them to be more accepting Mm -hmm. of people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, which version do you listen to (laughs) in society? I
1: I think both of them are fooling themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if you God, I'm trying to keep this on our conversation (laughs) right now. (laughs) No, please. Uh, But (laughs) if you if you look at the history of religion and the turmoil and the chaos and the death and destruction that religion has brought about. I mean, people should be aware that religion is not the total answer. Um, and it's not, and, and maybe it's not even that it's the religion that's the problem, but it is how we as a people practice it. It is the human side of that and our human flaws that I, that even, you know, not to even say religion is bad, but the, the human flaws are what, causes my concern with making religion the answer to all and it and it kinda shows itself in those types of situations where people are saying Yes I'm inclusive except for you.
0: And that's <laughs> a, and that's on both sides, you know
1: what I'm saying? And that's out of all religions. You know, I, I'm I'm accepting of all you except for you know, so I love
0: um, you except everything about you, right?
1: <laughs> right. I, I love everything about not you except accepting. for this one thing that that my book says, you know, that my specific religion says I'm not supposed to like, you know right, what I'm saying? Right.
0: So mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you were to build a profile uh, for 2020 of the type of elected official that could at least start moving us in the direction that would please you as a voter, mm-hmm. what type of person, this is a job description, mm-hmm. you, so what type of person would you be looking for?
1: Oh man, I, w- I would, the first word that popped in my head was unifier. Uh, somebody that can bring, um, and I'm gonna put it like is bring all of us to the table and and be able to um, uh, facilitate a true conversation, an open conversation, an open-minded conversation where we can start to say, hey, these are the issues we're facing, and here's my idea, here's here's your idea, here's how we can mail those ideas to come to a common solution. Mm-hmm. Meditator, uh, mediator, mediator. Um. Yeah, meditation would probably be good for him too. But, um, yeah, like mediator, um, somebody that can bring people together to talk, unifier. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Speaking on that job profile, they are bringing people to the table is one part of it, but there's some hard decisions that have to be made. Mm-hmm. Someone has to uh, make a decision about abortion. Someone has to talk about whether or not there's going to be a wall. Someone mm-hmm. has to talk about. Um, how we're going to address uh, the children of those who were brought here against their will and Mm -hmm. who now have a legal status by no fault of their own. Right. Um, Someone has to talk about the uh, high number of police shootings that are taking place on the side of the road Mm -hmm. and why people keep ending up dead instead Mm of Mm -hmm. being able to make it home to their family. Someone has to have the moxie to talk about that, mm-hmm. uh, no, but not only talk about that rather, but to make decisions that can positively affect mm-hmm. people's lives. Mm-hmm. So what, besides talking, what more could they bring to the table?
1: Um,
0: is that a p- particular political party?
1: I, 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 I'm not gonna say a party, I must, I'm gonna say it's, it's people, again, I'm gonna say it's people recognizing what is best for the country and not just best for their constituents only, not best for their campaign finances or the lobbyists that are you know, lobbying to them specifically, but it's what is best for the country. And I say, and I think also that we as a country, we as a people in this country, have to be willing to accept the pain that may come with some of those changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, racism, speaking about and recognizing racism. Um, the police shooting, speaking and recognizing that um, we need to look at how we train our officers. We need to look at how we're hiring these officers. One of the issues I had, I've always had is it seems like we hire officers from rural areas to patrol urban areas that have little experience with diversity. Mm. So they come in with their preconceived you know, um, stereotypes and things like that, and I think that affects them.
0: So you uh, want people policing their own communities or at least have had some exposure uh, to the, to the diversity that they're policing?
1: I don't know if that's the answer. Like I said, I'm I'm not saying I have all the answers here, Mm -hmm. but what what I think we need to look at is how we're hiring. We need to look at how we're training um, in that particular issue. But back to to the bigger question, it really just, to me, it just comes down to we have to be really ready to accept the pain that comes with change and be uncomfortable and ready to accept the uncomfortableness that comes with that as well. Because we can have the right politician in place that brings all those things to the table, but if we as a people, as a country, aren't ready for it, they they won't get anything
0: done. Right, and the Congress won't support them. Right, right. <laughs> I want to go back to um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about. I was okay. just curious about this. We talked about these tax returns um, uh-huh. very vaguely. uh uh-huh. Uh, this is what I want to ask you. A lot of people have done their taxes, and they were surprised that the tax cut didn't work the way they thought it was supposed to work. Okay. Um, I don't know if this has been your experience or not, but how do you feel about that? Is this something that you've personally had to deal with?
1: Um, well, um what I mean, my personal taxes—I don't—I don't really pay attention much to them, <laughs> in all honesty, because I mean, I don't look at them. Most people look at them as, "Hey, I've got to get this as a bonus." Me, it's just like, "All right, thank you for giving me my money, my money back. Um, I'll, I'll do what I would do with it, what I need to." Mm-hmm. But, um
0: but you know that those are going to expire. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. do you have a sense of what the how that might impact you?
1: Um. From my experience and what I've seen and learned about the current tax cuts, is there were was an actual tax cut, but it did affect our returns. But in the end, our overall tax bill was less. Mm-hmm. I think that I, th- I think the biggest thing really is how people look forward to their tax returns instead of paying proper taxes. Because I don't think we should get returns that we shouldn't pay if you do it right. <laughs> um,
0: Right. right. But, uh, but is that like some of the pain? This is my reason for bringing it up. Is right. that some of the pain that you think that we would have to bear yes. in order to make some of the changes? Yes.
1: And, and I think it's all of us, not just the people, but considering how we look at corporations now, the corporations have to be willing to accept that pain as well. They have to be able to accept, you know, we've got less revenue or something like that.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, excellent. (laughs) We're going to have to end on that note. All right. Thank you so much, Frank, for coming. I was really good to see you, and I appreciate you being a part of this this podcast.
1: All right. Well, thank you for having me.
0: Good being here. Excellent.